But it's time that I can't use Rosemary on the door In time that I can't use It seems like sage is all the rage With the hippies nowadays It's time for another episode of Best Buds here at 980 WCAP. It's our chance to inform and educate you about the marijuana industry in Massachusetts. I can't use. And we're here every Friday at 5.35 and every Monday at 7.05 p.m. Right, being brought to you. By the folks at Treehouse Craft Cannabis, 61 Silver Lane in Drake, it conveniently located to Routes 93 and 213, just minutes off the highway. You can visit their website, visittreehousema.com. They're open Monday through Saturdays, 9 a.m. to 10 p.m., Sundays from 10 to 6 for your convenience. And this week we have Phil Bailey with us. He is one of the local cultivators and collaborators with Treehouse Cannabis. Uh, Phil, welcome to 980 WCAP and to Best Buds. Thank you very much, Gary. Great to be here. Good to have you here. Now, you are a cultivator. You you grow it yourself. Well, you know, I don't want to give myself too much credit here because it's really my dad, Gus. is He's really the head grower, the head cultivator, along with my brother, Alex. So what I sometimes, what I say is I'm just the dealer. Okay. I'm not as hands-on with the plants, you know, I tend ah. to go, uh, my job right now is a little more going around the state, working with dispensaries, you know, to get our flower into their store. Okay, and, so uh, they get their hands dirty and you don't. Exactly. There try, we yeah, go. I try and keep my hands clean, you know. <laughs> I gotcha. Now, you guys are located in Drakeit over by the old, uh, well, the Butterworth factory, which is over by Beaver Brook. A lot of people would remember that as the location right next to the old Walbrook, which was a restaurant back in the 60s and 70s. Um, now, there's a very interesting story behind uh, your company, and especially about your dad, Gus. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so my dad, you know, he's been growing weed for a very long time. Even before it was legal? If you'd believe that. <laughs> and so, you know, really back in the 2000s, he was... He was growing. He had had a, a different job. You know, he got laid off and uh-huh. he said, what should I do with my new free time? And, you know, he, that kind of he started growing some weed. All his friends told him it was the best weed they've ever had. So they kept encouraging him and uh, uh-huh. he kept going at it. So he had a pretty sweet operation going, growing some great stuff. And uh, in the Boston area, unfortunately, the feds found out. And uh, took down his operation. He They're just up. not any fun, are they? <laughs> you think they, you know, some things you got to let slip sometimes. Exactly. They have no chill. And so he ended up uh, going to prison for five years. And, you know, when he got out just a few years ago, he was like, guys, we got to start growing some weed. It's legal now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. And that's what he did. Exactly. So, yeah, we were, uh, you know, we're all from Watertown. Uh, but we were looking around for a property in our very low price range. Uh-huh. And so we found the Butterworth Mill, which is obviously a beautiful building, but it had seen better days when we first scrapped it. Oh, sure. It. <laughs> sure. So we were able, to, it was, it was the perfect fit, but you know, we took it down to the studs to build a really amazing growing environment. And it's got a lot of historic charm, which definitely adds to the 
quality of the weed, I think. That's the most important part, potentially. Must have been a lot of work in there because that building went through fires and floods and was empty for 20 or 30 years. And Yeah, it was really rough stuff. And, you know, it had seen some pretty bad interior renovations probably sure. in the 70s that had aged poorly. So, you know, we really had to go in there with uh, the sledgehammers, basically. And the backhoe, almost. To, yeah, get rid of all that old, <laughs> bring back the historic integrity, you yeah. know, take it down to just the bricks. So how many square feet do you have there now? Well, so, you know, we have a micro-business license, which means we basically have one of the smallest, if not the smallest, grows in the state. Oh, really? So for our um, actual weed-growing flower and canopy, it's about 3,000 square feet. So that really helps us because, uh, you know, it's still a lot to manage. And sure. the first harvest, it was just, you know, the four family members before we could afford to add any employees on. And that really kept our hands full. So we're starting to get a hold of it. It's still a lot of space, but that small space compared to the rest of the industry really leads is one of the main components that you can really get that small badge quality. Uh-huh. Now, you, do you only grow indoors, or do you also do outdoor growing? Yeah, so we only have an indoor grow, and, you know, there's a lot of great things about outdoor growing, too, but if you're looking to you know, kind, of, kind of produce the highest quality cannabis possible, you're going to have to do it indoors. You know, you have the protection from the elements, and you're able to really create the ideal environment for the plant. You can control the amount of moisture. You can control the amount of light. Exactly. Everything that's important to the plant, we're trying to put them in the very, the perfect ideal environment for them so they can grow to their best potential. Now, is your product grown hydroponically or is it grown in soil? So that's what really sets us apart from a lot of other producers is we're growing with no-till living soil. So most other places are going to be hydroponically. And, Uh you know, a little metaphor that we'd say to help people understand the difference is hydroponically, you're kind of force feeding the plants right. a regimented diet. And with the soil, you're kind of letting those plants take what choose they their want. Own, yeah, sure. choose their own path. You're giving them everything they can need. And so that kind of that soil environment that we're growing, that's one of the core components we think that is really leading to some amazing flower. Okay, so kind of paint a picture for our listeners. There's the floor of the uh, mill. Now, are you do you have like frames built on the floor, or are you built up quite a bit so people don't have to bend over necessarily? Or what does it look like if a person was to walk in? Absolutely. So we have uh, a really cool setup where we have these big uh, beds of soil, and so the roots can really kind of spread out more. How deep would the uh, bed be? the The bed is about twelve to eighteen feet, or sorry, inches deep, and. Um, you know, we have this great sliding system, so you can just slide the beds over to create a new aisle. It oh, allows, really? You know, they're on more, wheels? or more, Yeah, they're on wheels, essentially, oh. and it allows you to have a lot more efficient use of the space and the lights as well, yeah. Oh, sure. Wow, that makes sense. Now, uh, you start from seed or do you start from plants? So we have, um, you know, the vegetative room where we start plants from cuttings. Okay. Um and then we move them into the flowering room once they've, you know, grown well enough. Uh-huh. And then after that, when they're harvested, you know, we really emphasize the drying and the curing process. We're trying to really hone in on that. That's one of the most important things. Like, even if you, if the actual growing process is perfect, if you don't focus on the drying and curing, that can really, you know, ruin the fun. 
Okay, we'll get back to that in a few minutes. But right now I want to know a little more about the program uh, that your dad started the whole company with, a social equity program, which I understand is kind of unique to Massachusetts only. Yeah, you know, a lot of states these days are kind of trying to have social equity programs. It seems like Massachusetts has definitely had some of the best results, but, you know, it's really trying to improve more because there's still not that many social equity cultivators out there. Explain what that means now. So to uh, qualify for the social equity program, you essentially have to have, you know, been impacted by the war on drugs, either you personally or your... As a user. Um, yeah, or, okay. you know, by the law. So if you were arrested, if you have a charge, right. or you're a family member, if it's, uh, you know, a direct husband or wife or children, sure. you qualify for the program. So me, my brother, and my dad, we all qualify. So the state basically, you know, provides some training on how to help people get into the industry. And then there are certain fees during the application process that are lower or waived Mm -hmm. and you know theoretically priority is supposed to be given to those applicants to ensure them a speedier application process and uh so it's really you know that's the top thing there's some dispensaries now opening up with people who have gone have gone through this program and the state's starting to put more of an emphasis especially with the recently passed law on helping more, you know, social equity cultivators and retailers and other cannabis companies open, which is really great. Ah, I see. So um, when you first started out, did you know anything about the uh, product or about the processes, or is this something that you had to learn? Or Well, you know, on the processes of growing up, you know, definitely not, but that's where my dad and my brother come in, and then other elements of cannabis, I would say I was very well-versed. In ah, the gotcha. So okay. A little bit of that so it's going. a family product. It's a family product. <laughs> you know, everyone contributes in their different ways. You know, my okay. dad and my brother, they're really, they love the growing process. I love out, being out here working with the dispensaries and helping get it out to the people. So it's a great team. Uh-huh. Now, how many hours a day does someone have to be uh, in the mill? Uh, how, how much work has to be done every day and... Uh, can you skip a day here and there? Or let's go through that. Well, you know, if you uh, if you skip a day, you're going to pay for it the next day, ah, obviously. Okay. But uh, it's a nonstop process, especially being in our very first year of operation. And it's one of the smallest grows in the state, but it's still a lot bigger than what my dad had going, you know, back in the 2000s. Oh, sure, sure. So it's a lot to manage. So it's, it's definitely nonstop work. We've been lucky to be adding some really amazing employees but you know we're still it's still a very arduous process these days so it's like any kind of farming basically exactly it's seven days a week it's a lot of work okay how many people do you have working for you now we have a great team of about uh 10 employees you know between full-time part-time really mostly drake residents and uh they're absolutely killing we have a great cultivation team that's really passionate Mm-hmm. Uh, about growing as well as production, you know, trimming the weed, putting in jars, making pre-rolls. So oh, so you do it team. all. Oh, yeah, you don't do just drop it off in bulk by the pound to the dispensary. You do the packaging and everything. Yeah, everything happens over at the mill. Ah. Although, you know, sometimes for fun deals, you know, we'll team up with some cool bulk deals where, 
you know, they roll the pre-rolls, and uh-huh. it's a joint collaboration. But for the most part, everything gets done. Now, well, the pre-roll is done all by hand, or do you have like a little machine, a tabletop machine to do it? Or Yeah, so it's a little tabletop machine um, that, you know, pretty much everyone in the industry uses called the Futurola. Uh-huh. And, uh, but it's still, you know, 100 pre-rolls at a time, one person making them, uh-huh. and putting quality assurance into each one before it gets packaged. Is there any reason why everybody seems to use brown paper? Well, you know, you got different stuff. So you got joints and you got blunts. The blunts, you know, they're not allowed to have tobacco in them. Right. So they're made with tea leaves. Those can be pretty tasty. So far, we've been putting out, you know, the standard kind of white colored paper, but we're about to get pretty crazy with it in the coming months. Ah. Maybe experiment with some different colors. You know, we've got... Uh, Liberty Haze is one of our top strains that you can get over at Treehouse here. Uh-huh. So we're gonna next for next summer we're gonna be putting out uh, red, white, and blue pre roll pack. Oh, nice! Know, just different colored papers for fun. Sure, and, we're talking yeah. to uh, Phil Bailey of Bailey's Buds, a local cultivator. Of course, their products are available at Treehouse Craft Cannabis, sixty one Silver Lane in Dracut. Visit TreehouseMA.com is their website. They are uh, open Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. Sundays from 10 to 6. You can also call them at 978-971-0420 and uh, stop out and see them. They're uh, right off Route 113 in Drakeit, uh, right behind Dominion Trucking Company. Very, very easy to find. So, Phil, um, how, how old are you, if I may ask? Yeah, so I'm uh, 23 myself. Okay, so you've been in the pro- in the business for a year now, officially. How long have you been using the product for? Well, uh, you know, me and the products go way back. Way we'll back. That. <laughs> now you're 23. How far way back do you mean? Well, you know, maybe we'll leave that to uh, people's imagination okay. for now. But I got you. Definitely, uh, it's definitely been a core element. Just you know, something. You know, I really use it more recreationally. Lots of people out here are able to use it for different things. People come to Treehouse. A lot of people for medicinal purposes. Sure. I'd say I use it more uh, recreationally. Recreationally, myself. I understand. What's your favorite way of using it? Well, you know, I usually am always smoking joints. Um, this is my go-to. You know, you can be a more on the go, especially. So we're uh-huh. coming out with uh, pre-roll packs, which are going to have, for the most part, five half-gram pre-rolls okay. in a tin. So it's perfect to just slip in your pocket, you know, go out to some uh, nice nature spots. Yeah. Partake fully, you know. So you want a tincture person or an ointment person or a beverage person? Well, I'm working on expanding because, you know, back uh, until recently I was, you know, it was just weed for me. And now you're coming into a beautiful spot like Treehouse who's got all different kinds of cannabis products for tinctures. I always go for the TreeWorks ones myself. But, uh, you know, it's all that's what it's all about. You come to Treehouse, even if you only are usually smoking weed or doing vapes or whatever. Uh-huh. They'll help you find something new, expand your your mind a little bit. So I'm still working on that as well. Now, how many different types of products, beside the joints and the flour and the blunts, how many products currently are in your SKU line? Yeah, so we're still very limited with our products. So we're pretty much just focused right now on two main lines. So we've got our eighths, which are you know really set apart from the rest for a few reasons. They're Big nugs only, so you're only going to have four nugs or less every time. Mm-hmm. Really beautiful, intricate-looking buds that are hand-trimmed, 
and hand packed in a glass jar. So when you open them up, glass jar, they've had as few touches as possible. You know, if you put them in a bag, they're going to get squished along the way. That makes sense. Sure. These nugs, you really want to, there's something to pick up and look at and appreciate. And then for times when you don't really want to do that, we're coming out with the pre-rolls and we're having a similar guarantee for quality, which is that their nugs only are in the pre-rolls. We never put trim or shake. Uh huh. Guaranteed. So that means you have the highest quality pre roll every time, and you know they're not putting anything in there that shouldn't be there. You know. Okay. Are you having problems getting any of your supplies? I know you mentioned glass bottles. I know a lot of people are having a hard time getting glass to package anything right now. Definitely, and you know we kind of lucked out so far, but there's been a couple times where the we only got by by the skin of our teeth in the supply chain world, but. Luckily, we have, you know, our packaging partners, we work pretty closely together. So there was a scary time this summer when we had to buy, you know, essentially two, three months worth of jars when we'd prefer to only buy one at a time. Sure. Now, is glass preferred over a plastic bottle? Yeah, because, well, you know, first off, we're trying to put out these really beautiful, high-quality buds, and it feels a little nicer to have them in that glass. Sure. But it's also better for the environment because glass can be recycled very easily, mm-hmm. while plastic Definitely. tends not to get actually recycled. Definitely. And um, additionally, you know, they're not clear glasses; they're frosted glass, which helps protect against light, keeping the bud even better. Same way that beer is always better in a brown bottle, exactly, than a clear bottle. Yeah. You, know. you know. So yeah, we're trying with our eighths. We're really trying to have like basically make it feel like it just got. Came right from the factory, as few hands touch as possible, delicate nugs that are still just as beautiful as the day, you know, they're uh-huh. harvested. Now, would you rec- how do you recommend a person store the product after they buy it? Well, yeah, you don't want to put it in, um, you know, a bad environment for it, like too hot or too humid or anything. So for the, for the most part, it's best to try and not wait too, not save it for too long. You know, we're only growing more. Get that thing, smoke it in a couple weeks for the most part. But with the glass jars, you know, they're more protected than other, you know, if you're getting in a bag from a different company. It's a little bit more exposed to the elements, but still, sure. best thing is to just kind of smoke it fairly quick. Don't wait around too long. Now, is there such a thing as a use-by date on any of the products? There, um, Yeah, so the state of Massachusetts, the, the law is that they're, it's supposed to have one year from when it was tested is like the use-by ah. date. But, uh, you know, we haven't had anything really get close to that because we're, we're, you know, we still small grow. We bring our stuff to Treehouse and it's gone pretty quick. Mm-hmm. And then we get some more. So, yeah, but that's always the thing. A customer, they might accidentally drop it under the couch. Right. Find it six months later. It's still going to be good. Still smoke it pretty much no matter what. Of course, they shouldn't freeze it. They shouldn't refrigerate it. That's not recommended. Don't do anything too crazy. That's no. probably the best rule. But I gotcha. keep it in a cooler environment. Have you experimented much with baking with your flour? Well, you know, back a few years ago, I tried to make some homemade edibles, and uh, you know, it was they were a little too intense. Ah, so we have that in um, on our plans, though. We want to add a kitchen. That's a little more down the road. What we're focusing on next is pressing rosin, which is going to be, ah. which is a really high quality concentrate. And then also making infused pre-rolls with that rosin. Ah. And so those are kind of our next product lines. We're putting edibles off. You know, maybe that's down the road sometime. Sure. But you have the space, though, to do it. Yeah. 
Okay. Now, from the time you uh, start in the uh, in the plant stage from the cuttings, how long before it's time to uh, harvest? Yeah. So they um, by the time they move into the flowering rooms. You know, each plant's a little bit different, so some of them can take longer than others. And we're committed to still growing plants, even if it's less economical. So, okay. you know, other cultivators who might be more focused on the bottom line, right? if a plant takes too long, they're probably not going to grow it again. But uh, this, so, you know, Blue Dream Sour Jack, that's one of our top strains that's available at Treehouse. That one can take, you know, 11 or 13 weeks sometimes. Well, that's uh, not bad. Flower, say, and okay. just in the flowering part alone. So, oh, the flowering. Okay. Yeah. So that's what we're, but we're focused on really taking the time, not being influenced too much by, you know, zeros and ones and numbers on the sure. page. We're trying to get that quality first. Now, how large is a fully grown plant? Well, uh, you know, it really depends on the strain. So some are going to be shorter, others a little taller. You know, I haven't really taken that with the measuring stick myself, but. They're, keep in mind, they're starting in uh, the bed, which right. is already about table high. Sure. And then they can, you know, usually go another four feet up there. Oh, okay. So not as big as some of the wild ones you see. Yeah. I've, I've seen plants that were six and seven feet tall. <laughs> well, yeah, in our environment, it's a little different. But So we're all about the living soil grow. Sure. And that can really, so all our soil, we mix it. In the building, my sister Simone, she's uh, a real athlete, so we have her do all, all the mix, and she loves it. It's a workout. Mixes for her. the soil. Yeah, she takes all these different ingredients, you know, that we source, and dumps them in the mixer, runs in carts. Oh, so you have a mixer? I was gonna say. Yeah, in a mixer. She's I, not, I wondered yeah. if she was there with a big <laughs> shovel, you know? Not quite. Not quite. Oh, okay. We got the, we got a machine to help. Kind of like a cement mixer, almost. Almost, but okay. uh, it's still a lot of work, and so you know, oh, you have sure. someone like me when I was trying to do it back in eight months ago. It would take me a lot longer than her because she can just get it done. Now, what happens after you have harvested a, a flat? Then does that soil get reused or does it get reworked? Yeah, so that's the great thing about the no-till method for the living soil. So the soil's just grown richer and richer over time. We're not uh, getting rid of it. You know, okay. we're kind of mending it over time to make sure it's always optimal conditions. But that's the great thing about the living soil. It just gets richer and richer over time. I got you. Are you using anything like, you know, manure and whatnot when you're mixing it up? Yeah, so we have um, worms in the building. We have worm beds, and oh. uh, we use the worm castings, which is uh, you know kind of like manure there, as one of the worm key poop. ingredients. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> to put it delicately, so you know okay. we source that right now from from a, a person who does the worm castings. But we're we have our own worms in the building. It's not not right next to the plants. We have right. some really big worm bins that we're working on getting all those worm castings sure. now. So we're trying to get all of the aspects of living soil to be the most premium sourcing, you know, ingredients and as, as many as we can. So also the compost. Uh-huh. First, we used uh, black earth compost, which is the one that kind of picks up a lot throughout the you know Boston area and others. Sure. And but now you know we're working on actually being able to have all our compost from the building from gotcha yeah exactly sure. all right phil bailey is our guest today from bailey's buds in drake of course their products are available at treehouse craft cannabis 61 silver lane in drake call them at 978 uh, 
888-2424. Email info at baileysbuds.com. Or you can visit Treehouse's website, visit treehousema.com. Treehouse Craft Cannabis is open Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. Sundays from 10 a.m. until 6 p.m. for your convenience. And we are here every Friday at 535 and every Monday at uh, the uh, 705 right after the news. And uh, we're here to uh, bring you up to date with all the latest education and information about uh, cannabis and treehouse craft cannabis. There's time in the fridge, but it's time that I can't use. Rosemary on the door, in time that I can't use. It seems like sage is all the rage with the hippies nowadays. But it's fine with wine, Rosemary don't mind. Got time that I can't use, I can't use.